What up, bro? How you doing? Vibing. I'm vibing. Vibing. You look like you're about to light up on the porch. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. That's how I'm a day. Yep. Fucking, um, well, man, yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on. I hope, uh, everything, hope everything's good last no. night. Oh, yeah, yeah, everything's good. I got it settled. I just had some shit going on with my grandparents. Everything's fine. Oh, Thank word. you. That's, That's what's up, bro. I'm glad to hear, for real. Um, fucking, yeah, this is, I don't even know what interview number this is. This is for every interview I do. I forget what interview number because I try to keep track. But I think it's number 35. So, appreciate you. This is, a, this is Cult Classic interview number 35. I'm here with Fuck It. Um, before we get into the interview, you guys want to check out our website at KULTClassicOfficial.com. Check us out on Instagram at KULTClassicOfficial. And hit us on Twitter at KULTClassicOFF. Let's get all the way back into it. I want to know, like, early childhood. You grew up in Florida and shit? Yeah, I grew up in Miami, Florida, uh, uh, Cuban and Puerto Rican background. I lived here my whole life, really. Uh, I never really moved around, like, out of this area. So I've always lived in, like, Miami, uh, specifically, like, Hialeah, Miami Gardens area of Florida. Since I was, a, since, since, since birth, basically. Shit, what was it, what's it like growing up over there? Uh... Miami's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting place. Like, I grow, I grew up in a very Hispanic part of Miami, so it's very like it, it. Like people joke about it and sometimes call it like North Cuba, like where, yeah. where we're at because of how Hispanic it is and like how, how like <coughs> the culture in Miami is so is just so Hispanic. Like it's it, it's a lot of well, not not Hispanic, not Hispanic specifically, but in general, it's very yeah. cultural. And um, Hispanic, obviously, being a big part because of Cuba and, and, and et cetera. But, yeah, man, it's a very interesting place to grow up. Uh, it's, not your, it's not like any other place in the United States. It's, it's one of those places that is, like, it, it's so culturally influenced that it feels like you're in, like, it's so heavily influenced by the culture that it, it just feels different than any other, any other place. It's a very fun place to grow up. Obviously, you, you feel me. We got yeah. the nightlife. We got the we got the party scene. Uh, but it's yeah, man. Miami is Miami's super cool. Like I guess the best way to put it is, it's a very uh, interesting place. Like <laughs> it's a very fun place. I've been. I like. I've like been through it, but I've never really like been been there. You know what I mean? So hopefully, yeah. I'm trying to actually go there. Shit, sometime in November. Miami, that would be a nice time to come too, because when it starts getting colder, everywhere else is colder. Here, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice over there. Miami's definitely a nice spot to. Uh, Bro, I'm not far at all. Out. I'm right. I'm right in Charlotte. I'm not far at all. So it's like Charlotte, oh, North okay. Carolina. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you yeah. Know I got, I got people down there, and I wish I knew you were down there, there like earlier. Like I knew you were like from there and shit like that, but I didn't know like. You still like, stayed, res- stayed there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I reside in Florida. Yeah, I've always lived in Florida. Yeah, I'm, try- uh, my I'm whole trying to go change. there, like uh, within a month, to do some interviews and stuff like that. So I'm like, damn, we really possibly could have done this in person. I mean, we still can. Like, no, you know of course, what I mean? of course, of course. Of Once course, I come, yeah, but if you want to do that, we could chop it up. If you're ever in, if you're ever in Miami, hit me up and we'll we'll set some shit up. Yeah, no, I'll shoot you a text. Definitely, I'll shoot you a text. 
Yeah. Can film some other content and stuff too. Um, but yeah, because I'm going down there, do some interviews and shit. I got people down there. And it's just like, damn. And I remember when I was talking to your management, I mean, this interview will probably be out after shit. I know you're working on a project that's dropping soon. So they wanted like. As Destroyer is done, ready to go. Yeah, they wanted um they wanted this to be kind of in the same time frame and help promote it. So that's why yeah. I suggested, yeah, we should probably do it over Zoom. Just so we no, can get course. that done. But yeah, let's talk about the project a little bit. I know we're gonna we get a little sidetracked. Let's start an early childhood. I want to talk about the new project. <laughs> but I'm mad I'm mad curious about uh what sound you're going for. Is Kiwi like is that single off the project? Uh nah, Ki- Kiwi's kind of like a. It was just like a single in general, not off of Destroyer. Uh, Kiwi isn't really representative of what Destroyer sounds like, which is like in part of the reason why I didn't put it on there. Because yeah. Destroyer kind of has like, it's hard to explain the sound. It has an aggressive sound that is pretty consistent throughout most of the project. Um, that like Kiwi. There might be one song on there that is kind of like Kiwi, I guess, or maybe in that realm, but yeah. most of the songs are not. They're, they're, it's hard to really explain the vibe, but they're, it's just different. It's, it, it, some of the songs have like a kind of like a, like a suspenseful vibe. Some of the songs have like an aggressive vibe. Some of the songs have a weird vibe. So it's, it's really hard to, to exactly describe it, but to describe it perfectly, but Kiwi is... There might be one song on there that sounds like yeah. maybe, maybe. So you're kind of like, just like basically showcasing all everything you can do, all your versatility as far as sound goes on this project. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say this is everything I could do, but I'm yeah. definitely showcasing more versatility on this project, hands down. Without like, it's without a question. It's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, it's, it's definitely showcasing my versatility on this project. Yeah. Not only that, I feel that this project is my uh, my most cohesive and complete body of work thus far. Like, I feel like what people don't realize is like, like all the way back to like my first EP, like Miami Hot Boy was like my first EP uh, going on to Is This Beauty, which was like my first mixtape. Like, I haven't really made that many projects. Like, this is my first official, like, not a first official, but this is like my first official studio project like I, or studio Word. album i haven't even yeah I, I recorded all six seven years whatever it's been six or seven years of my career was in a was in like home studios yeah always. like bedroom so I, studio the, type shit right you're right so this is the first time i'm in an official studio like doing the whole deal like a studio album like going crazy so it has a very like a very it's it's a higher quality sound and i i, I think I know for a fact people are going to really fuck with it. So I'm just waiting. I, like I've been saying, I'm more excited to put it out than people are to hear it. Word. Well, shit, I feel like every artist should feel that way about their music, though. If you really don't feel like that about your music, like, then you sh- shouldn't be doing this shit, man. To be real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you should. Every artist should feel that way. So I'm just, just knowing you feel that way. I'm already knowing that I'm probably going to fuck with it heavy. Because I've been looking forward to it, definitely. I'm telling um, you. It's a bag. Any features on there that you can let out? Honestly, dog, to be real with you, I got some features in the works, but I but I but I don't have them on destroyer. Word. Purposefully. Purposefully. I have some I have a couple features on destroyer, but 
they're really more so the homies. Like they're not really, yeah. people, they're not really extremely popular people. Like I, I, like I'll give out, I'll give out a couple. Like Brando, if you know me, if you know me or you're familiar with Brando, like you know that's my that's like Brando's yeah. my best friend. If anybody knows, if anybody knows me, and really knows me, they know Brando. Brando's on there. My dog Nathan, that his name's Gilly. He started he started getting into rapping a couple years ago. He's on there. I got another homie named Isaac on there. Uh, and honestly, really, the only people I featured on this shit was the homies. Like, no cap. Like, yeah, that's what's up. Like, this project is just me going off. Like, going off. Like, just going off. Like that's mainly me going off. So that's why it doesn't really feature many people. I have features coming. I already have features that are in the works and shit, but uh, they're for all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you got yeah. some features you're obviously hella excited for. <laughs> I got a couple. I got a couple. I got a couple. <laughs> Damn. I'll I be looking forward to all that. You've never been one to pack up your projects as features, though. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. No, in general, though, I'm not one. Uh, in general, I'm not one to do many features. So, like, when I be doing my like when I be grabbing a feature is really because like I either like I, I either feel it's really necessary or I really hear the person on the song or I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to fucking like this. Like I'm good. Like I like I like maybe I put everything I wanted to put on the song already and I'll put someone else on it to finish it up. But like I really for the most part don't be doing features and, and typically, especially not on projects, because it's like. When it's the project, I want it more so to be focused on me type shit. Yeah. And and like part part of that is not like it's not like an egotistical thing. It's just my sound. You get me? Like it's just yeah, part I of like you. how I like creating. Yeah. Um, but now as I'm growing and as, as I'm developing and progressing as an artist, I'm finding that I like um like I like featuring artists more and more, like little by little. You feel me? So you're gonna hear more features. You're gonna hear a lot of songs with features. Uh, in the future but for now like destroyer it's only got a two features or three features i mean it's not it's not it's not bad to do that either because like a lot of artists bro like they'll just pack Sometimes their album with features yeah and yeah. like that's the only reason they're getting strange but they can't do that shit on their own you know what i mean carried. because they're getting carried i'm the yeah. opposite i'm the opposite i'll say no fuck y'all niggas fuck all the <laughs> i'll carry this shit on my back no that's, cap. That's low-key no the best way. On the, project, the homies. Not not some other person that's going to clown me up. The homies. You feel me? That's how I do it. No cap. Word, that's what's that's up. That's the way. It's got to be organic like that. Everybody works their way, but I don't let nobody carry me. Like, like that's what, like, like, that's why I always stress so much about my independence. Like, I've been independent my entire career. Uh, like, no... No major promo, no industry backing. Nobody has helped me on the business side. I've been independent. You feel me? I did this shit. So when I say I carried this shit, like when I got 50 million streams and counting right now, which is a real statistic, that's me. Yeah. That's not, that's me as in that's me and my fans and my supporters and my people. You feel me? That, that's us. But that's All the not, shit that you built. That's not the, that's not the, that's not the fucking, it's not no label. That's not nobody helping me. That's that's us. The shit that we built. You feel me? And I me feel like mad artists, bro. Like they have trouble getting to that point. Like they they feel like they're they're working the right way, but it's really just not working for them. So what do you feel like you did differently that made your shit just pop off? Honestly, 
I grinded really fucking hard. I grinded like really fucking hard for years. A lot of people don't know, you know, how much time I put into the studio, but I'm talking about I dedicated easily, you know, I, I probably already dedicated 10,000 hours to this shit. I've been doing this shit for seven years, six years now, like since I was 17. I'm 23 now. This is all, like, there's a line on the store that I say, like, making music, that's all I know how to do. Literally, in the sense, like, in all senses, making music is the only thing that I do. Like, I don't do anything else. I don't have hobbies. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I hardly go out. I only make music and I do my business. You feel me? That's it. Like, so when this shit is really a livelihood to me beyond, like, the fact that it pays me, it's like, it's like what I live for right now. Yeah. Like music is that much of a passion for me. So I, I bust my ass and I grinded and worked hard as fuck just to get here. You feel me? And why, what, what is the differential? What, what is it that separates me? Honestly, not everybody can do what I do. Not everybody can make it to this point. It's not something that is like, well, what do you got to do to do it? They can even do what I. They can even do what I tell them to do. It might not work for them. It might not work for them because it's just one of those things where music and and how people respond to it and how people uh, resonate with something is so personal and so uh, unique for every person. That listen, I'm not saying don't make music, but to get to the point that I'm at. Right now, independently, it takes a lot of work, and you gotta bust your ass. And for most people, it it, it doesn't work out. But yeah. that doesn't mean run away from it. I'm saying the opposite. For most people, it doesn't work out. But for me, that I didn't even expect I would ever be a rapper. I never grew up thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna be a rapper." None of this shit. When I was 17, that's when I fell in love with it. To now be doing this, and to be where I'm at. I never would have expected that I would get here, that I would just end up here like this, that it was possible for me to do this. But guess what? It is. And I'm and, and and that makes me feel like at the same time, as hard as it is, that it's possible for anybody if they're that somebody. You get me? And what I mean is just like that's decided by the universe, that's decided by how shit works. You feel me? You can bust your ass, you can do what you want, but that doesn't mean you're gonna have a successful career. X. You could be, you could be an industry plant signed to a label and get started off with the help and already have and already have everything you need to start a career a successful career and fall off in in a year. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, how, what, what's the differential? Because there the is a level the of natural talent. There's a it's level the of natural talent too. Yeah, the swag too. The image is that's a big I'm part saying. of it now that's on social swag, media. That's the swag like the style. I'm talking about. That's yeah, no, I, I, I get I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like I feel like beyond I'm just talking beyond a level of natural talent too because there is that that comes into it. Some people just it's just not bro. Like if I started rapping to it would it wouldn't work. 
if I wanted to go to the NBA <laughs> tomorrow, bro, it wouldn't work. You know, there's right, a right, level right, of right. natural fucking talent there. Like, I'm never going to be LeBron. LeBron was born LeBron, bro. Like, I don't even right. watch basketball, and I know about yeah, all that of shit. Course. But, of like, that's just an example. But, like, beyond the level of natural talent, like, you've, you've never been one to, like, really chase clout or be any on, on that shit. People could – you're a genuine person, and people can really tell that. Thank you know you. what I mean? Because, like, image – like you said, image – no, yeah, of course. Because yeah. image is, like – image is a big part of it, like we were just saying, like your overall image and stuff, and people can sense when people, like, are disingenuine. You feel me? Like yeah. that shit. Maybe it's maybe it's just. Cause, I mean, just, we're a little older than you know. Maybe people that most people that listen to right. like the type of music cause I make beats and shit too. Type of music we make. Um, right. Maybe because we're in our we're in our early twenties right now and shit. But like, it's so easy to tell when just someone is just disingenuine, bro. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you get more hip to that. I feel like as you get older, I feel like I've been pretty aware. For, for the most part, like, luckily, I feel like I've been a pretty aware person for the most part of people like that and situations like that, which is why I would get myself out of situations, like, which is why there's so much, like, there's a lot of shit with me that is, like, kind of, like, uh, all this drama surrounding all these groups in the past and shit because yeah. when I felt some weird shit, I'm out. And a lot of people didn't fuck with that vibe or whatever or didn't fuck with how forward I am. Like, if you do some weird shit, I'm going to be like, yo, you're weird, nigga. I'm out. You feel me? You're on some yeah, weird nah. shit. Thanks. So it's like, I'm one of those people that, and I say fuck you to everybody. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, bro. Like, I'm one of those people, if you cross my line, I tell you fuck you. You understand? Like, so, and a lot of people don't like that, whatever. I can be problematic in that way, but I'm growing. I've been that way a lot in the past. I'm growing, I'm changing, and I'm getting better. But my point is this. The main point is this. That, that type of, like, that type of forwardness and shit and the type of like how genuine I am comes off as like almost like uh, an offense to somebody that's that fake. That's that much of, yeah. a, of a sellout of a fucking not real person because they're afraid of somebody that is that, that can stand up for themselves, that can defend themselves, that isn't a follower. You feel me? And that's, that's why it's, it's one of those things. But anyway, the main point. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I'm very uh, upfront and I try to be genuine and I try to like be, yeah, I try to be as open as, as possible I, I, in, in, with my intentions and my energy. Yeah, I know you, you brought up the groups and stuff like that. I didn't want to get too much into it because I feel like you got to explain that to so many people all the time. And I just didn't want to, yeah. you know what I mean? Just really dive into it because yeah, you are beyond yeah, that yeah. now. But one question I had pertaining to that is, you know, you've been in high, prof, high profile groups, like members only twice, Midnight Society and groups in between there. Um, like Midnight Society, in my opinion, is like behind Spider Gang, like the next biggest group in the underground right now. So, like, what was the Easily. mindset? Easily. So, what was um, the mindset to leaving those groups and just becoming fuck it and not being a part of, like, a members only or a part of a midnight society and just being yourself? I'm too – I realized something, like, I'm too individualistic. And when there comes a time where I notice that, something is unfit for me 
and the individual in me really needs to stand out because that's how I am. I'm individualistic. Like I'm very focused on like uh, being able to express myself in a way where I don't feel contrived by the kind of pressures of being in a, in a group and dealing with the dynamics of people and, and the dynamics of people in music in general, like in this industry, like I like be, I like fucking with people on a on a personal level. Yeah. So if I don't fuck with them on a personal level, I'm not gonna rock with them at all. So things can get very personal when you're in a group. So for me, the the, the most important thing for me is I want to keep my music as you know, in, in solidarity. Like I wanna keep my music separate from any groups, any identities that are not my own 100% me at this point. And if I ever, you know, if I ever join some other group or something or something like that, that's, that's, that's something, I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I'm not saying it is, or I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't, I don't know. But if that happens, it would have been because I changed my mind or because there's a reason that I feel like or because, or, or, or because I can feel like that's represented in that group. But yeah. in general, I've always, every time I'm in a group, and this is like, you know, this is not to talk down on groups. I just feel like it's always, it becomes like a kind of mob mentality, kind of group think mentality in general. And it's not good to be too a part of that. Like you gotta separate yourself and be able to think for yourself. And a lot of times when people are in a group, there's so much politics and shit that when things happen, it becomes a, a shit show. So, and since it's on a personal level, it, it, it's hard to be in groups with people. It's just hard to be in groups with people when I'm this individualistic and like when I care this much about having everything be represented how I want it to be. Feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And like there was, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm talking about mainly the Midnight Society one because you're still good with like uh, Kami and like you guys still. No, yeah, music. I'm good. Still good nah. with Gizmo. You know, let's what make I mean? this clear. Like, let's, yeah, let's make this clear. Let's let's air this out right. I think it froze up real. I'm quick. good with Midnight Society. I'm good with Gizmo. I'm good with Kami. I'm good with KP. I'm good with Trippy. I'm good with Bambi. I'm good with everybody. So we good. So yeah, it's definitely like that one on, on no bad bloodshed. Like you were just saying, you you want to be more of an individual, which is, I totally respect. It is like we were saying like earlier, like it kind of goes back to like what might work for you might not work for somebody else. So it's like music is such an individual thing. You know what I mean? I think too many people try to mirror other people's paths, and that's why they can't find their own. Right. So. Right. Sometimes, bro, and honestly, bro, for me, it's like sometimes you just gotta leave the you got to leave the the nest you feel me you got to just fly on your own you feel me you got yeah. sometimes you got to fly on your own there's a feeling that you get that it says like you need to be by yourself and i got that feeling of just like i need to fly solo i don't know what gave me that feeling but that that sense of or that that sense of leaving the nest you feel me it, it, i got, that feeling was in me more than ever it was very strong so in, in all parts of my life. So yeah, naturally that was what started occurring. And I'm, and I'm very much now obviously in, you know, in the process of all that, like 
progressing in my own way now and I'm, I'm not in any group. There's no affiliation. I mean, of course I'm affiliated with groups, but there's no official membership yeah. on anything. It's just fuck it. Word. It's fucking, um, you said destroys your first studio album. You said, um, yeah. you said you'd start doing that because it sounds cleaner. So is that kind of like, what's the vibe between like the bedroom studio and the studio studio, like the, the professional type shit? Huh. Let me, let me a second. Let me think about it. I mean, well, the vibe is definitely different because I was so used to recording in bedroom studios that I was recording myself and nobody was really helping me. And I never was really super, super, super like I'm not tech savvy on like the engineering side. I'm not, I'm not very uh, fluent on the engineering side. So I wasn't really doing too much. I was just recording myself. But now going into the studio, working with engineers in person, that whether they're engineering my music there or not, like in the moment or not, they're they're putting all these. You feel me? Like I can I can visual I can now play with this. Okay, first of all, I can record some shit and hear more or less what it's gonna sound like. Way digestible. Like wait, I'm talking about like it's a it's a pretty significant difference in in tone you get me and in quality in general so i don't know it's just a completely different it's a completely different sound quality it's a completely different recording experience i never used to record in front of people now i got to record in front of engineers all the time so it's, yeah. it's just a complete change which is good because it's growth you feel me that change promotes growth like and it and it honestly is make me is made me a better artist like to be able to go into the studio be able to like uh, hear myself, find you know like like find my range in that moment, do what I want to do. Have an engineer right there, be like, "Yo, I I want you to do this," and have an idea already of what like how my song is gonna turn out. Yeah, is like you know that way that's way more that's way more efficient and effective for me. Yeah, too many Even artists. If it's a little too many artists are like I feel like they're afraid to make themselves uncomfortable. And they're afraid to figure out how to right. make themselves uncomfortable. So they kind of hinder their own growth and they start making the same music. And you know what I mean? So it's, I mean, maybe that's the key for some artists. Maybe they get too stuck into the bedroom or the same studio. And they need to switch it up or whatever, get a different idea. Um, it definitely promotes a change of scenery. Like it makes you feel like, and it feels more legit to record in a, like a full-blown studio, honestly. A lot of people prefer the bedroom or whatever because it's personal and it's intimate, but the quality you're going to get at the studio is legit. You feel me? Word. No, I, I definitely feel you can you can definitely hear the difference, especially once you get more of a trained ear in music. You can definitely hear the difference in like the smallest shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether there was like background noise and they were recording or – you know, you can sometimes some people are recording their vocals. You can hear the beat in the background of the isolate, the isolated. Yeah, vocals. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah, it's 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 way, bro. It's way different.
taking it way, way back because we, we kind of got into like early childhood and then kind of spiraled off into the new, <laughs> new album and shit. Right. Um, yeah, my bad. No, no, you're good. That was, I think that was my fault, to be honest with you. I started asking about stuff like that. But um, All good. what were the pa- what were your parents playing in the household and stuff like that growing up? Like, what was like some real early influence musically for you? Honestly, bro, it wasn't really so much my parents. It was more so my uncles. Uh, yeah. My uncles. Yeah, my uncles more so. Because I would hang out with my uncles growing up as a jit a lot. And um, honestly, like one of the first rap records I ever got put on to was, uh, I think, Curtain Call by Eminem. Word. And, I remember that one. And um, this is called, I got put on to like, NWA in my early childhood and just like a lot of just like really classic rap like my dad used to play Tupac in the car you feel me Biggie in the car I mean he was a big Pac fan my dad was a big Pac fan when I was a jit so it was a lot of that growing up and I kind of like I would listen to it when I was younger I mean I still listen to it now but I kind of like grew like out of listening to such like old shit because I just got more into like the new wave and the new age and shit, but I really grew up listening to like, you know, classic, like classic rappers, you feel me? Classic hip hop artists, like, like for example, like what I'm saying is like Pac, Biggie, yeah. like honestly, NWA, like who else? Doom, like, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, Nas, fucking, the list could go on for a, for a while, and, and honestly, I just want, I don't want to name off so many people. But the point is, like, I just grew up listening to a lot of different shit, it, and honestly, like, I didn't even grow up listening to that much to that much rap. I was more so like a metalhead growing up yeah. for a while, for a while, and then I got really, really into rap when I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen. But I was listening to a lot of metal music when I was like in my fucking in my teenage years, low-key, um, too. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a diverse background of music. And then also I'm Hispanic, so I grew up with a lot of Spanish music playing always during, like, during the, uh, during holidays and shit. So it's, it's a weird mix. It's a very weird mix. But, yeah, I grew up listening to a lot of classic shit. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about, like, music today because – I mean, it's an argument I like to make because people like to say the 90s and shit was like the golden age of music. I currently think we're in the golden age of music because <laughs> everybody, like you were just saying, is the influences are so wide and our generation is kind of just bringing that together. It like kind of, all the influences are kind of like peaking you know what i mean like coming together and everybody's kind of making everything like there's something for everybody out there now everybody can you got make alternative rap. you got you got 70 you got 500 different types of rap right now you yeah got, you, like you got fucking you got fucking alternative rap you got experimental rap you got fucking this glitch core wave you got this fucking you got griselda making fucking bringing back boom bap you got fucking there's so many styles of rap going on right now underground or not like we're really in an age where it's just like it's now expanded past just being rap it's now like become this very 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 full genre 
like back then the genre was obviously like the genre was obviously more uh there was less range in the genre it was more it was more i guess you know obviously it was it was it was it was it was previous it was just less range i don't, I don't know the word for it but just less range in the genre there's so much there's so many different styles now of rap that did not exist at all back then and 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 are probably partially influenced by them you know obviously but they just become their own different thing over time it's like every genre now is influenced by hip-hop too every every other genre is influenced by hip-hop and you're hearing the genre the genres converge into rap too like now you're hearing more r&b type rap now you're hearing more metal type rap like aggressive type rap now you're hearing more like like all these different types of like more noise rap you get what i'm saying like yeah. all these different types of genres that w- that were doing their own thing you feel me it's, it, in now converging over into rap music and like there being styles that are that you can name off the top that that sound like that that have those ties like you feel me you want to you want to have a you want to have a metal uh, an artist that is uh a rap metal artist that's influenced by metal gizmo you want to have an artist that makes noise rap jpeg mafia or clipped or sorry clipping or whatever you want to have a an artist that makes r&b type rap you got fucking like you get what i'm saying like yeah it's nuts the genre is already so broad and back then it was just it was thin it was way thinner it was, it was way thin. It's like I was talking to um, one of my older relatives. We were at like a like a family thing, and he was talking about like new music and stuff like that. And you know how old people are and shit like that. And they were saying like rock, <laughs> rock music's dead. Da, 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 all this shit. I'm like, it's not dead. It's being right, reincarnated yeah. through hip hop music and rap music right now. It's not dead. It just literally converged with something else. In like, 2016, there was a lot of people talking about how rap was the new punk, et cetera, et cetera. I still, I still agree with that. I don't even. I, no, I, don't I still, even... I still agree with the sentiment. But that was when it was like first, like people were really starting to push that. Like that's it, rappers are the new rock stars. You feel me? No, that's facts. No, that's definitely facts. And if you look way back, like way, way, way back when, like I'm talking about, like early 90s or late, late 80s, and you look at like punk music. In, in like hip hop music and rap music and stuff like way back then, like yeah. hip hop music was punk music for you know what I mean more the black kids and punk music was kind of like hip hop music for more the white kids and stuff like that. So like looking at where we're at now, almost thirty years later, it makes sense they'd be kind of like the same genre. I see. I, I feel what you're saying. In general, it's just music, bro. It's just so universal that it's just it brings people together bro music just brings people together it's just so powerful and it's fucking cool to see these genres like uh converging to each other and 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 these new styles kind of be birthed and brought to light with so much influence taken from other sounds and from other like from other completely different genres it's really like you know it's it's uh it's very uh I feel very appreciative to be to be to basically existing in this age with this type of fucking amount of amount of fucking sound, you know, like this type of sound. Like I'm, I appreciate this era. People can say what they want about '90s being the golden age of rap, yada 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 yada. Say whatever you want, but you have to appreciate this era. You have yeah. to. You have to. If you don't appreciate a Kendrick Lamar, if you don't appreciate a J Cole, 
what the fuck are you doing? If you don't appreciate a fucking, if you don't, if you don't appreciate a fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like this era stands on its own two feet. Very, oh, most fucking, definitely. very, very firm. And anybody rap historians, we don't gotta, we, rap historians are going to agree when this shit is all said and done. Trust me. They're going to agree. Oh, most definitely. And it's like, it's only gotten better because if you look at like, I mean, maybe this is a broad statement. If you kind of look at your average SoundCloud rapper, we'll just put that in quotation because that's what people fucking look at from this generation uh, now and shit, even though we're moving beyond it. If you look at your average SoundCloud rapper, a lot of them, bro, can rap better than most of the people from the late 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? It's I mean, gotten yeah, way more competitive. The, the sound has progressed so much that is that like if you rap like somebody from back then, it's like, yo, it would be hard to find somebody that raps like like somebody from the eighties that actually sounds like yeah. that. Like, it's trash. Like let's be real, eighties <laughs> rap is fucking trash. Like uh, I don't give a fuck how many yeah. old heads get hot. I don't care who gets hot. Rap from the eighties is trash. Nineties rap I could appreciate. Eighties rap. <laughs> what do you say? He said a hit, a hit, a hit, a bitty hop. Yeah, like, <laughs> nah, before that, like. You gotta appreciate, you, know, you gotta appreciate where things come from, but you don't gotta pay it that much respect when the genres move so much yeah. forward. It's like, yo, I'm not gonna, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not gonna say, like, oh, sorry, I'm. I was gonna go off on a tangent. The point is, we don't gotta pay that much respect anymore to that type of fucking music when we progress so much farther and it's <laughs> yeah. so much. Better. I can see where you're coming yeah. from. Like, I'm not going to sit here like I know you, I just made fun to, of it. You have to, you have to, of course you have to respect it because yeah, that's where it comes was, from. Yeah. But you don't really got to fucking like, I clown that shit. Like if you're listening <laughs> to 80s rap, like literally what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, there's just so much better stuff that came out. But it, but again, like I know I just made fun of it and I clown it too. You gotta I mean, be, I respect it for it happening because it led up. You got to years old to be listening to 80s rap. Like, even bro, if you're over 40 years old, there's music being made today that sounds like a better version of that. Right. You know like what I mean? Griselda. No, not Griselda. Yeah, of course. Uh, point is, you got to be over 40 years old. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt that. How many young people are listening to music from the 80s? Rap music from the 80s? Music from the 80s that happens. But rap music? From the 80s, yeah. This, no. Like, they're probably not going up on Spotify anytime soon. Nah, nah. Yeah. Nah. So when, um, looking back, when did you realize you wanted to start making music? Uh, honestly, like, I got really into freestyling as a JIT, like, probably, like, when I was, like, 16. And I always would, like, write a little bit when I was in my teenage years. Like, I, I, but I was never really rapping. I would just write. I didn't have any, like, I didn't have a means to really record myself. I didn't have a mic or any of that shit. I didn't have a place to set it up because I was just legit. So I didn't really have, like, uh, when I got an opportunity placed, when an opportunity presented itself for me to be able to, like, record, I, I, I took it. And that was when I, like, once I started getting the feeling of what it was like to make music and shit and recording and all this shit, like, that was when I knew, like, okay, I really like this shit. Like, and then after doing it for, like, two or three years after that, once I had done it for two or three years consecutively, that's when I was like, yo, like, I want to do this shit for life. Like, I want, like, I want this to be my, 
like this. I want this to be. I want to go pro. You feel me? Like yeah. So you were like twenty this time. I, I would say I started taking music like that seriously yeah. probably when I was like twenty. Yeah. Or nineteen. Nineteen or twenty. So you started like right at seventeen. Like you said you've been doing this shit for six years. Is that when you started freestyling a little bit, or was it a little before that Honestly, you started like, dabbling freestyling? I, I mean. Maybe it was a little before that, but honestly, when I was like 14, 15 years old, I don't, I, I have no recollection of me rapping at all. So I think it really started in my 16s, my 17s. Like when I was 16, 17, that was when I started really getting into rap, freestyling in general. I got pretty decent at freestyling. I noticed I was good at it. Started writing. I started learning how to like, you know, rap the shit that I'm writing, learning how to flow, learning how to build songs and shit like that. And just over time, you know, and I thought I was learning how to do that. I was really just fucking learning how to like crawl, but in this music shit. But I was beginning. Those were my be- that was my beginning. So really, it was 16, 17, I would say when I started getting into rap. I've only really been, and I only I I, I started officially fuck it. I've always been fuck it when I was seventeen. So I was on SoundCloud as fuck it at seventeen. You feel me? So is that your first experience in making music too? When you started yes. taking it mad seriously, that was also your first experience. What was in that? In general, in general, that was my first experience making what, the music ever. What was that like? Your first time. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, have a, funny, I have a funny story about this. Um, the first time that I ever recorded a song, or the first track that I ever recorded, was on my homeboy Sabino, Sabino's mic. Uh, on uh on on the song so what's the song called meat grinder on the instrumental uh on the instrumental for meat grinder by mf doom Um, yeah so i got on that beat and i freestyled some shit on it and that was the first first ever fuck it song ever like and i told the story in previous interviews and before but basically like how i came up with the name was like right then and there like i couldn't come up with a name at all like i was there for like 10 minutes busting my head like or 15 minutes straight like i can't come up with any name that i would like like i don't know what i'm going to call myself and and eventually the thought just popped in my head somehow i was in i was in a room with all my friends and the thought just popped into my head somehow to i was like just to call myself fuck it like with two k's so i tell my friend i'm like uh he's like like i'm telling him i'm trying to think of the name my homie's trying to like help me think of a name my homie brando and he's like yo let's just think about it tomorrow like like we'll think about it another time i was like nah I, I was like i was like nah fuck it and then he's like yeah fuck it we'll just think about it another time i was like nah nah, nah. that's my that's gonna be my name he's like Word. what I'm a, he, he said he said what <laughs> i said yeah fuck it with two k's he's like all right like i don't know how it went exactly but that's how it really went like and from then on out i've always been fuck it literally how my name came about was like i couldn't come up with a name i said fuck it <laughs> so but it ended up becoming so much more than just the name it almost now like really be- it almost becomes like it almost became like a fucking like a message or like a fucking an aesthetic like really like fuck it is really what it means really is saying fuck it like thinking about that on a deeper level is what did I do? Like that day, I just said fuck it. I freestyled on a song. I put it out on SoundCloud. I, I couldn't think of a name, and I literally called myself fuck it. 
So it was like I took that chance in that moment. And what that means is like, fuck it basically represents like saying, oh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if there's risk. I don't give a fuck that it's going to be difficult. I don't give a fuck that I got to grind. I'm going to say fuck it and I'm going to try to do what makes me happy and what, what I'm passionate about and what, you know, what I feel is my purpose. You feel me? It's saying, it's having the cur. It basically is about having the courage to say, fuck everything. Fuck it. Fuck all the bullshit. Fuck the insecurity. Fuck feeling scared. Fuck feeling like you're not good enough. And just doing what you want to do because you care that much about it. So it's beyond it's 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 a lot deeper than you know what I it mean. Became, just it, the it, name. It became it became deeper over the years and over the years. It, it it built into that. Like it built I didn't make this shit up on some corny shit. Like really when I think about it, that's really what it was. Like it was me having the it was me having the courage to say, fuck it, I'ma try this and I'm gonna I'ma do it and I'm gonna keep doing it no matter what. And now I'm at the point where I see the fruits of my labor paying off. You feel me? I'm at the point where I'm pro. I never thought I was going to be making money off of music. I never thought I was even going to be a rapper when I was, when I was a teenager, like I said, but once I was 17, that was all I thought about. That was all I was thinking about music, writing, rapping, trying to become the best rapper that I could be, whatever that was writer that I could be, whatever that meant to me. I really like, once I, once I fell in love with it, it became my passion, you feel me? Like, and it became something that like, it was way beyond a hobby for me, feel me? I was really like- That became an obsession. Yeah, exactly. That became, it became very therapeutic for me. It's just, it's just a way for me to completely say whatever I wanna say, unload, unwind, you know, speak my feelings, speak my thoughts, like shit like that, speak my experiences. And I never had an outlet. I never had an outlet to speak and uh, to speak about my, how I felt growing up. And music was that. And when I found that, that was when it went all out for me. That was when I really took advantage of like, I had an outlet now for me to speak the things I wanted to say and have fun. And, and, and be passionate about something and, and be creating something that's beautiful to me or whatever. Now that, so this was around 2017. I mean, my bad, my bad, 2014-ish, 2013, 2014. Yeah, yeah, all, all 17, yeah, 2014. So this was like before- I started on SoundCloud in 2014. So this was like right before the Florida scene kind of started to like really bubble up and become what it was. Yeah. Yeah, this was before Raider Clan was even popping up. But I was already familiar with the whole scene because I was on SoundCloud starting to listen to everybody. Yeah. As they were coming up. So you were like listening to everybody the- before they were like at the level yeah. they're at now, like yeah. way before. Yeah. 
Damn. Yep. People forget, bro, bro. Think about seven years back in the underground. That's a long time. Yeah. It does. Bro, that's a lot of music. And I've yeah. been around for all that music. You feel me? Yeah. What's the atmosphere like at that time? Like, did you know it would get to the point that it got to? Did you have any idea that I'm talking 20, about the Florida scene in general? Bruh, when I was in high school, you did not catch me playing the radio ever. Yeah. I was only bumping SoundCloud SoundCloud artists. That's it. Like I was I was fully under like fully committed to underground artists. And honestly, back then, like 2015, honestly, 2014 to 2017 is like, you know, kind of one of the golden eras of the, honestly, it's the golden era of the underground. It was the, it was the birth of fucking Raider Clan. It was the birth of groups like 2-9. It was the birth of groups like uh, Awful Records. It was the birth of Playboy Cardi, Lil Yachty, all these people that fucking end up blowing up. It was the birth of the Smoke Perp, Lil Pump, the birth of, uh, I already said Raider Clan. It was the birth of fucking it was the birth of Bones, Team Sesh, all these fucking things, all these huge collectives, Young Lean. Goth Boy Click. Goth Boy Click. Like, we could go on and on and on. It was the birth of so many fucking collectives. Um, uh, what's this shit called? Gods, members only, fucking, uh, bro. We can go on and on and on. I don't know if Midnight Society was a thing back then, but Kamiyata was definitely making music. Kami was doing his thing. I don't know if the group was around, but I think they I think they might have started in 2017. But the point is, 2014 to 2017 or 2014 to 2016, we don't gotta cut off 17, but let me let me cut it off just just because I'm not sure. Golden it's era. It's in a weird spot rap. right now. Underground, under golden era of underground rap. That shit was literally the, like the biggest underground artists that we've heard were starting off at that time or sorry putting out all their shit at that time when you were like in high school listening to mostly this underground stuff was it mostly florida artists honestly no it would be it would be a lot of different people like i was listening to like shit like raider clan bones uh, Playboy Cardi before he was Playboy Cardi he actually was an artist he, his, his other stage name was Sir Cartier so I'm talking about I was listening to like uh, like Father and like awful mm. records like Key oh my god Key that's a humongous yeah. Key. I love Key 29 <laughs> yeah uh, uh, Fat I miss 29 too damn 29 what 29 easily is the most slept on underground group Ever. I could agree Ever. with that. Ever. I could Ever. agree with the argument to that, yeah. Ever. And they're easily one of the best fucking Atlanta groups. Ever. Key. Uh, Curtis Williams. Fucking Retro Sushi. When they used to be Retro Sushi. Jace or whatever. Jason. <laughs> Jace. Yeah. Bro. Fat Kid's brother, which is Johnny and fucking Dave. Bro. 2-9 was the fucking GOAT, like the great, one of the Bruh. greatest fucking groups in the history of underground rap, especially from Atlanta. I was and DJing a lot back then, bro. Cause I started DJing when I was mad Keith young. He's one of my original favorite underground artists. I'm sorry. Just got to put No, nah, I fuck with Key too, bro. He like, is. You could, during that time, cause I, was, I got into DJing when I was like 18. I was like, I was in high school, bro, DJing clubs and shit. But like. Yeah. 
I could not go a single night around that time without playing two nine. Like, you know what I mean? Every <laughs> night I had to drop how, multiple how the fuck tracks. You're not gonna play 2-9, bro. Multiple how times. You're not gonna play yeah, bro. Around that time, it was just like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. Bro, I was on the same shit, on the exact same shit. I feel like um, I have a friend of mine who's an artist coming up right now. His name is Deep October. He's doing real fucking well right now. He's got – I think October. he just – Deep October. He just hit – his monthly listeners Spotify has been shooting up. Like, he just went to 33,000. And I'm like, bro, you're doing great right now. And he was like, this kid, bro, I mind you, like, two years ago, this kid paid me was a pay to play artist. He would pay me to play on my shows and shit. Now I hate doing that. I don't. I'm done charging artists for pay to plays. I figured out how to make both bread back on the shows. But anyways, this kid went from trying to pay me to get on shows, and he did, to having thirty three thousand on Spotify. And where this question is leading to, is he's having it a hard. His mental right now. He's kind of like, bro. I'm popping my music. SoundCloud's doing well. Like his EP just hit a million. I'm like, bro. You have your, your tracks on SoundCloud got like half a million, two million plays. And he's like, bro, but I can't get the social media to pop off. And it really, really bugs his it, it, it bugs the shit out of him. It really depresses, bro. And I'm trying to tell you, bro, like stop focusing on social media. It's not the most important thing. Like and I right. see artists all the time with the blue check and you got 70,000 right. followers. But why is your Spotify only got 10,000 monthly listeners? Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not I'm not understanding. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I'm trying the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because someone like you who has like what? What's your Instagram at? Like 26, 27K? I'm, yeah, I'm at like 25 and a half. But you're at over half a million on Spotify. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're you saying 50 million plus plays. Right. So, but, let, yeah, but let me speak on that. Flashbang. Mince meat. Fly. You got 30. You got one punch. Okay, those are more for, so for the people that don't know. Okay, yeah. flashback, one punch, thirty, mince me, fly. You got Deadpool. Those are all songs that blew the fuck up. Like, got they got over a million streams. Like, when you got that type of those types of plays, and, and you know, and landing on playlists and shit, landing on playlists with people like Puya, uh, all types of artists, like like artists that are even bigger than me and shit. If you have that kind of like you know, content that is nearly viral type shit or pretty much viral, especially for like an independent artist like myself, those types of numbers, like they, obviously they're going to carry through. Like, uh, like those millions that I'm generating has invited probably a lot more listeners and shit because I got those bangers. But the idea is like, he might have, mil he, he might have millions on SoundCloud or whatever, but the idea is he has to have something that pops off to the point where, he his face is introduced like bro i've been making music for seven years so for someone like you you see my spotify going dummy why because i have my whole following already they know they know where i'm at you feel what yeah. i'm saying and, I, and my following most of my following is coming to either soundcloud or spotify why because spotify is just that popping platform and not only that i'm also growing with new fans that are also attracted to a lot of the new shit that i've been putting out so it's just it's a culmination and it's kind of like a snowball effect for me. Like my, my listeners continues, continues to go up. My streams continues, continues to go up without stopping it. it you feel me? It'll, it, it'll alternate. It'll go down a little bit, go up, but it continues to go up always ultimately like significantly. So it's one of those things that is like, 
when you generate what I'm saying, the type of streams that I'm generating, like when you made a flashbang, when you made a 30, when you made a one punch, which 30, I don't like that song, but it went viral. Really? I hate that song. It's just, uh, it's just like such a, like, I, I, the reason why I hate the song is not because it's like bad. Let me not go off on a tangent about that right now. Uh, let me just get to the point. That song is like, that song's not one of my better songs, but it has so many streams just because it was a meme. That, that's the main point. But on that, so to get back to the main point, sorry, is when you have those types of streams, when you got like a flashbang, a one punch, a 30, you become a familiar, there's familiarity. It's a familiar face. And now like the amount of playlists I land on Spotify, like it makes sense how many people listen to me. And like, it makes sense like, how many people listen to me because of the length of my career and kind of the extent, the extension of my work, like how long it's been going on. And, and, and like, bro, I have like 20 mil on flashbang alone on Spotify add up like, what, what is it? 10 mil on YouTube. And then another, like what, maybe five mil or six mil or seven mil on SoundCloud. It's like the numbers are, you feel me? There's there, people are aware, people are aware. So, it's one of those things where maybe he just has to keep working. And, and you obviously in this business, everybody's so fixated on trying to be the biggest social media star because that's the easy way to get your music and people's attention, to get people's attention on your music and shit. But don't be fixated on being a fucking, don't be fixated on being an Instagram famous person. Don't be fixated on being a, so, a, a, a social media socialite. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you need to be fixated on is making the best possible shit that you can make and finding the best way to promote that to your audience and, and finding a way to target that audience in a way that is appealing to their pocket. It's very simple in, in concept. Now in practice, of course, this is very difficult, but that's the, that's the idea. That's how you got to attack this shit because you're an artist, but if you're going to make your, if you, if this is your life, you need to find a way to brand yourself. You need to find a way to market yourself and sell your product. That's why me, I'm learning this now and I'm independent. Nobody's teaching me this. You feel me? I'm learning this now. I was never, there was no business end in my career ever. I never had somebody on the business end helping me. It's non-existent. Get me? So I got to make my own business. It's yeah. all got to be me. I'm building my own restaurant. You feel me? That's what I'm saying. Like I'm building my own, my own shit from the ground up. That's how I've been. It's been me. Not that I'm, well, yeah, I'm still building it. That's just what I've been told him, bro. I'm just like, yo, keep working. Because you even look at, I even pointed out, like, if you look at his Instagram, like, bro, when I first met you a year and a half ago, you had, like, 600 Instagram followers. If you really want to get into exactly. it. Now you got almost 3,000. And that was, like, a year exactly. and a half ago. Like, I feel like too many artists are just so focused on the visual aspect of social media, even though the numbers Michael, are doing plays. Microwave society. We're, we want everything now, 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 now. I need it in 30 seconds. If I don't get it in 30 seconds, I don't want it. it took me seven years just to get here. Y'all niggas got to pay your dues, bro. Y'all niggas got to pay your yeah. dues. Stop sucking dick on the internet and make a good song. That's how you blow up. Stop sucking dick on the internet. Stop talking shit on the internet. Stop trying to be internet famous because I will never work for you. Unless you have some type of appeal, you need to have a real fucking talent. And, and that's the problem. 99% of the people don't. That's why, that's why not everyone's an artist. That's why not everyone is. And that's not, that's not to say, that's not to, that's not to say, that's not to, that's not to pull me up. That's to say about people like trying to look ridiculous on social media 
just so they could get a following. Like, like yeah. acting, like, they're, they're, like they're, they're these fucking aesthetic posts, weird ass aesthetic posts, like hockey ass dudes. Like, just make music. Like, just do what you like. Just make just, good music. Just be real. Make good music. Promo it properly, and be genuine. Like, that don't goes be a back. fucking. To like the you just said, that, be genuine. That goes back to what we were just saying earlier, bro. Like you said, all these aesthetic posts for likes. People can tell when it's disingenuine and it doesn't stick that long. You're going to get a lot of these younger kids that are going to get older and going to be like, all right, bro. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. It might stick for the moment because some people, most people, not most people, but some people don't care about the disingenuineness. You feel me? They just want to follow the kind of like the hysteria and kind of like the hype or whatever. They want to follow like the energy, whatever is just... They want to just listen to whatever people are listening to. But the idea is like, those are, bro, like a Takashi, bro. Like, where's Takashi going to be after he, after his social media? Where's Takashi going to be once people realize, like, the nigga cannot make good music? That, like, at all. Like, and he don't have Zilla to write for yeah, him no well, more. He, he might still have a he might he might still have a way to live his life or make money or whatever, but it's not gonna be making it that much through rapping. Like honestly, the only reason he has a career is because of his social media antics, and that's why so many people are like inspired and try to kind of like build like these false realities on their pages, on Instagram and shit, and on social media in general, so they can sell you. That they're this fucking, you know, they can sell you their brand. I'm me, nigga. I'm fucking me. And I'm me till death. I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. If you don't like it, suck my fucking dick. Get used to it, bitch. Hey, I'm here. I'm not that's on everyone. <laughs> I'm not leaving, nigga. And that's on everything. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm staying. And and and, and I'm, people don't like my energy, like I said, because I'm too forward. Good. You're not supposed to like me, but I'm still going to be here. All you gotta do is respect me, cause trust me, you're gonna. Ha I'm gonna. I'm gonna get that shit whether you like it or not. Believe me, you're gonna have to give it to me wh whether you like it or not. That's what I'm saying. This in this game, you gotta take fucking respect. That's why I'm at where I'm at. And all it's these like a sport. Yeah, it is a sport. No, it's not like a sport. It is a sport. Niggas be like you were saying like before, natural talent. LeBron. LeBron's naturally talented, but he's also skillful. He, he yeah. spent building up his fucking skills. That's me. That's me. I spent years grinding, learning how to do this, the inner mechanisms of what I fucking do. You know why people don't sound like me? Because I'm me. And there's nobody, nobody else can do exactly what I do, how I do it. Because I built this shit like it, like it was my machine. I feel that, there's, bro. There's, there's people that are inspired. There's people that could try to sound. You hear it. We know that. I'm not going to say no names or anything like that, but the I built this shit. I'm talking about my style. Of course, there's, I have influence too. I'm influenced by people too, but I built my style and my sound from the ground up. And all these people that have that rely on social media to fucking carry them and their fucking aesthetic and their image to carry them, keep doing that because your music's fucking garbage. And that's the only thing that's going to matter, your fucking music. That's the only thing that's going to matter in this industry. At the end of the day, when the end all be all, you might make it for a little bit because you got a good image, but if your music's trash, eventually people are going to figure it out, you know? So, to stem, that was a great answer to that question, by the way. I love that tangent. That shit. I hope you guys are getting inspired by this interview right now because bro is dropping some true knowledge. 
But going back to like the original question, and I was talking to my boy Deep October. He's got yeah. he's got amazing music, and I probably haven't heard it. He's got amazing music. He's got a good fan base. And his social media really isn't that bad. All those people fuck with you, bro. He's doing it right. So I'm just trying to tell – I'm just trying to get it through to him. And maybe this is probably a bad way to do it, to call him out on the spot when thousands of people are probably going to watch this. But people need to stop focusing on fucking social media too much. If your music is doing good, you're doing something right. If you got more on Spotify yeah, than you do right. on Instagram, you're doing something yeah. correct. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yes. Listen, Instagram – does not matter instagram is not a real place it's not a real place it's just a place that you go on your phone instagram does not matter twitter does not matter they only want to make it matter to you so that you spend money on it cancel me if you want instagram cancel me if you want twitter because you know who won't cancel me spotify it's spot it bro <laughs> you know, that's what matters so I'm I go crazy to on Spotify, Spotify matters bro you don't even know how much I shout out Spotify I've shout out Spotify multiple times on Destroyer I'm telling you shout out Spotify thank you niggas be hating on Spotify oh they only pay out this much shut up shut up Here's shout the out thing. Spotify they could pay they, 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 they do pay less than other things but I, I have more and I notice more artists on Spotify getting way more streams on Spotify than yeah. other platforms because Spotify exactly. will push your song if it's a good preach it. song. Fucking preach it. Yeah. They will Not only that, they'll push the, it. The That's the only is, platform that does it. The only platform I've seen that does it effectively and efficiently. Yeah. Like, like th their platform will really land your shit on a playlist. Like, if you got a good song, it'll land it on a, and those playlists could potentially like make that song blow up like just by that. Like if you, there's a lot of different fucking, there's a lot of different opportunities and, and services that, that, that they provide with their playlist thing and their algorithm with it is excellent. It's the best. I think it's the best. I haven't tried everything, but it's worked for me so well that I think it's one of, I think it's probably easily the best. Bro, I just grabbed some fucking fast food. To be I honest, just, just say I, I'll do that sometimes too, bro. I just say fuck it. <laughs> in the mood. I was just in the mood. Although it's gross, I was in the mood. I don't know why. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it gets me too. But we was talking about uh, Spotify sponsor. What you what you said before? <laughs> All right, yeah. Spotify, what's up with that sponsorship? Spotify, what's up with that sponsorship? I need it. ASAP. What what, like, what do they do with the Spotify sponsorship? I'm not I'm not entirely like familiar with what Spotify. I have no idea. I, I'm just talking my. I have no idea what they do. I'm just talking. <laughs> but I, like the way I was promoting Spotify earlier, like I was saying in general, Spotify. Is such oh a no, good, I feel you. Such no, a I good platform for putting out shit. Like they're like I was saying, we were talking about how good their their playlisting is. And shit Word. like that. So I was 
talking about like advertising and shit. Now I feel you. I feel you. I just, I was just like, oh, Spotify giving deals now? Like, that'd be a game changer. And we to be the way I'm promoting their ass. <laughs> so, shit. Um, throughout this whole interview, you've been, you know, you're showing you like hella passionate about this music shit. Like you said earlier, like, this is all you do type shit. So, like, what drives you every day to keep going and pushing forward? Like, what, like, inspires you and what motivates you to keep going? <clears throat> I think I'm one of those people that um I got a heavy drive. You feel me? Like, I'm not easily, I'm not too easily satisfied. And, like, once I want, like, once I'm, once I'm done completing what I've made, I'm like one of those people that I just I put a lot of pressure on myself and I'm a really hard worker like I'm constantly just making shit so I mean the drive the drive is just to always want to be better type shit I have a drive to always want to be better than I was before to always try to get better and that's really what pushes so much of like that's really what breeds that output that I have and like that's really what determines why I put out so much because ultimately like I, I don't get tired of working. Like I bust my ass, but I don't get tired of working. And even when I tell myself like, oh, all right, I worked hard enough. I already, you know, I made 50 songs. Let me get a break. Like I'll tell myself that, but then I'll still end up going to the studio anyway. So it's like one of those things where, I don't know, man. It's just, a, I, I'm just a very uh, driven person in the, when it comes to this music shit. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to constantly be like on top of it. <clears throat> word yeah well shit like it definitely seems like with your work ethic like you put in a lot of work this year we ain't got a pro we got an ep from you we ain't got a project this would be the first project of the year but you put in a lot of work with the ep and then you got a shit ton of singles going all the way back to january so it's like you definitely show that with your work ethic um now you are 100 percent independent you do have management um so what what's it like you know what I mean? Because you used to manage yourself, I'm assuming. So right. what, what's it uh, like having management? It's take a lot of weight off your shoulders? It, it ha Yeah, it has in some ways. I mean, it's, um, it's, definitely, it's definitely taking the weight off in terms of kind of uh, me trying to figure out a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the, like, uh, trying to figure out stuff like where I'm going to be playing shows or like, what type of like, you know, like stuff having to do with my merchandise and stuff having to do with more so the marketing side and the business side, like things that I would have had less, uh, less, less accessibility without him or whatever. But it's a pretty, like I have a manager, but it's a pretty laissez-faire relationship. Like he's kind of hands off with me and he kind of just like, I kind of just tell him like, yo, I need this, this, this from you. And then he'll pretty much, you know, point me in the direction of, of, uh, of somebody that can get that for me or whatever. And, and, and that's kind of how we work on, on pretty much like a, he's, it's very kind of hands-free because I'm, I'm still, I'm still making all these moves that, well, I mean, I've just finished making all these moves now with a project where like, I just started getting managed by him a little bit before Corona. So we were going to start like the first move we were going to make is to go on the tour, the Facebook, uh, fist punch tour with Gizmo, yeah. but then that got canceled with Corona. So the whole point is like, he's definitely helped me out in some ways. But it's a very, like I said, laissez-faire relationship. Like, I'm still pretty much doing my own thing entirely. He's just really helping me, like, 
point me in the right direction of shit that I need help with, like, especially when it comes to uh, just marketing or promo shit in general. Yeah, that tour would have been wild. I was supposed to interview you guys on that tour. Right. Yeah, when you guys stopped in Greensboro, I was supposed to interview you guys. I was yeah. talking to him way, way back then about this shit. Um, that's what would have been nuts. I'm mad that it didn't happen. Oh, Hopefully that sure. shit does get, get rescheduled in the future. I'd really like oh, yeah, to see of that. Of course. Once everything's, once everything kind of slows down a little bit, we'll, 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 we'll figure out the next step for that. So, we you know, we talked about the benefits of management and you're, you're still independent. Um, a label, do you think there's any benefit for you in signing a la- to a label? Do you have any interest in that? Um, at the moment, at the moment, not necessarily, but of course the possibility is always there because of just depending on the nature, depending on the nature of the deal, it could work out for me or not work out for me. So it just depends on what the situation is. But for the most part, I'm trying to remain an independent art, like as independent as I can. Like the main things that I was thinking about working with like labels with is more so like project deals or distribution deals or like situations where they help me when it comes yeah. to like pushing out my stuff and rolling out certain things and marketing but not so much like full control over my my uh me as an artist because um like i said i really value that independence and, I, and i'm really trying to maintain that for as long as i possibly can like as long as i can be independent fully and not sign to anybody and and all that if I can be that way my whole career and still be, you know, still achieve what I want to, then that's what I'm going to do. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're going to be, you're more or less looking to, as far as working with labels and stuff, you're more or less looking to I'm willing like, to play sell ball. a project and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm willing to play yeah. ball. But I'm not trying to sign nothing. You feel me? Cause like, it's, it's crazy. We're out in 2020 because like they labels really don't have much control over shit anymore. That's it's, it's balls in the other court now. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, years ago, SZA and TDE signed that deal Universal. I think it was Universal. Don't quote me on that. But it was, like, a 70-30 deal, and she got, like, 70. And that was, like, monumental. And ever since – I mean, I'm sure there was shit before that. But ever since then, for me, I've noticed, like, labels starting to lose less and less control. And now I know three artists this year – I'm not going to say their names because I don't speak on anybody's business. But, like, I know three artists this year who have sold um, albums to labels and gotten, like, thirty to 70000 for the album. And it's like the label don't own, like they don't own the music, you know what I mean? But they got to, you know what I mean? Recoup that 70,000, then you get your royalties and stuff. And it it seems like shit's just playing out more or better into the hands of artists. So it's like, do you feel like there's, what do you feel like the purpose is to having a label versus staying independent? Like selling them a project and stuff like that. Obviously you got the upfront money, but you feel like it's mainly just a marketing thing or helping them you know, spread your name out there? No, of course. I mean, obviously the labels are going to do, their job is to push you through the machine and to promote you as much as possible and to make you, you know, to market you in the best way possible, obviously. That's their idea. That's their, you know, their their, their, their motto or whatever. But I think for... I think a majority of artists, like if you really care about the art, you want to remain as independent as possible because the less independent you are, the more control they have on things that you want control over. Whether that means royalty percentage, royalty splits, uh, whether that means ownership, whether that means fucking, 
whether that means creative control. If you're somebody that really, really values the art, you know, it's best to stay away from the label unless you really feel like you're in a deal that is going to be beneficial and work out for you entirely and be like fair and be correct. But otherwise, like me, for example, like I don't want to sign any deals because I don't want to be locked onto some shit where I have to slave away the only thing that I really fucking like doing. So yeah. I would rather end. I get to own. I get to own it if I'm independent. If the moment that I'm not independent, or, or, or don't get me wrong, not the moment that I'm not independent, but a lot of times in labels, you you don't have hardly any ownership of the shit that you're creating. Like you don't own any any of the shit you're creating anymore. So it, it takes away the possibility for you to be able to earn as much and, and and to be able to do as much things. Like for me, of course, labels are beneficial because they push you through the machine and they're gonna put you in people's faces because people got to be told what to listen to. They're they're picking that for you and putting it right there for you. So of course it's beneficial and, it, and it's helpful and it's a it's a good way to get your name up there quick. But the idea is now you're locked in and if you don't play this shit properly, even if you play this shit properly, it's a big risk. It's a big financial risk. It's a big risk with your career. So I advise all artists that have self-respect and that appreciate creation and and have a big passion and have a passion for the music. That, that don't want it to be contrived, that don't want it to be manipulated from outside sources, try to remain as most independent as possible. Just try to remain as independent as possible. You're going to make more money off streams. You're going to make more money off percentages. You're going to own more shit. It, it's best to just try to remain independent unless you're somebody that's only in it for the money. If you're in it for just the money, go sign to a label and go figure out your business deal, how you're going to make more money. Feel me? But if you really care about music, being as independent as possible is the way you want to go. I And that's me. That's not for the whole world. That's for me. That's what I think works for me and people like me, people that value this shit. So that's the best way I could wrap that up. You ever heard of um, the Matter streaming service? You heard about that? That's going around. It's like um, a new version of like SoundCloud. The what streaming service? It's not. I don't think it's a streaming service. It's like it's like an app. It's like SoundCloud, but um, it's called Matter. They're trying to be like a better version of SoundCloud. I don't know if you've heard of it or Matter. Yeah, I've not heard of it. I've been seeing that going around a lot. So I just I just didn't know if you were hip to it. And I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on it, but um. Matter? No, I, have, I haven't heard of it to be honest. Yeah, apparently they're trying to like, they're not really trying to compete with like Spotify and Apple Music. They're trying to be like a better version of SoundCloud and be more artist friendly and hope not have all the same problems. But we'll we'll see. SoundCloud's right. got a serious fucking copyright problem. But yeah, um. They really fucking do. They it's. Really- just like I'm, I'm curious to see if they're gonna be able to keep up. You know what I mean? Because SoundCloud's been in debt and been almost down and out multiple times throughout the years. So yeah, they were almost down for the count multiple times, and they came back. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, 
SoundCloud doesn't look like it's gonna up their game that much. And if this matter shit, if these people behind the matter shit know what they're doing, who knows? But unless SoundCloud makes some serious changes, they're not going nowhere. And either way, we need fresh air. We need some competition. We need them to put a fire under their ass. At least with matter, now SoundCloud's like, fuck, we have something. Yeah, now not we gotta yet, do something. But let's say this matter shit builds up more. They're gonna be like, fuck, now we got something that is actually gonna compete with it. Like we need to put a fire under our ass, which is beneficial. The competition for me, fuck it, let it happen. It's beneficial. I'd rather they fucking compete. I'd rather this website, I'd rather there's more platforms for people to spread their music. Ultimately, I think it's gonna have a positive benefit for everybody at the end of the day, as long as it's a useful service, you know, as long as they can get to that point. Facts and um, with the virus and shit like that, how do you feel like the virus is gonna affect the industry in the future? If I mean, I don't, we don't even know when we're gonna be out of the virus. I heard Florida's reopening soon, so I don't know. Yeah, Florida's um, little by little reopening. Um, with the future of the virus, it's kind of hard to tell exactly. I mean, I presume that once things slow to a rate where it's back to our perceived normal or whatever or 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 or, you know whatever we thought was normal before i think once it slows down to that rate then people are gonna then it's gonna be you know a little bit it's gonna be way easier for people to start setting up and shows and shit but with this whole corona shit it's definitely affected you know the ability to like you know all these music venues all the all the everything to do with art with this industry because you can't play shows you can't fucking meet people. You can't tour. And that's a humongous part, especially as an independent artist of, of, of the game. And yeah, it's it's tough to say exactly where it's going to be. But I would presume all goes well that if we reach some type of normal, some type of level where it reaches back to what is normal or to a level where even if there is Corona, it, it's it's like it's reached a level where it's it, it's it's very controlled and it's, you know, pretty safe for people to go out i think things will slowly start picking up again and we'll reach our back to normal type shit but with the way corona's looking it honestly looks like there isn't going to be a regular there isn't going to be a, a regular way of we're not going to go back to our regular way of life probably till middle of 2021 that's my guess yeah i was thinking I, that too I, i'm not socrates i'm not a fucking philosopher but uh I'm not Nostradamus, but I have a good feeling there's going to be another spike. And um, I have a good feeling it's going to take a while, at least another six months when we're in 2021 already, just to get the ball rolling. I, that's what I think. Hopefully, we can come qu- come back quicker. I'm just guessing. Uh, but it's definitely affected the industry in, 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 in negatively in a lot of ways. But it's also been beneficial for the streaming services in part because a lot of people are home. A lot more people are home now. And what the fuck are they doing? Nothing. They're bored of shit. So they're playing music. So that, you know, that's just beneficial. Gives everything. It gives and takes with everything, but it's definitely a negative. It, it, it fucking sucks. It canceled my tour. <laughs> it canceled me and Gizmo's tour. So, you know. Yeah. Man, that was a disappointing day. I got that. I got it that. canceled uh, everybody's that tour. Email. Yeah, so. like, fuck. I shouldn't take it personally. It canceled everybody's story, you know? Yeah, no, that's facts. And I, th- I think, I mean, I always try to 
look at the glass half full per se. You know what I mean? So like taking away from this whole thing, um, everybody kind of got to focus on the music a little more. You know what I mean? And yeah. it gave it for me personally, from my perspective, it gave me a little bit um some ideas that I would like to see done even when this is all over. Like we did a live stream show on 420 because we do a 420 show every year. Uh, had to cancel it obviously this year but we got all the artists together in my living room put up a green screen and went on youtube and live streamed the whole thing and we had like 500 plus people tune in and like there were people from germany russia like that whole that that whole side of the globe people that would have never got to see these artists live you know what i mean so it was like sense yeah even, even when when the virus is over, I'd still like to see things like that get done. And I've seen other promoters do it too. Um, things like this Zoom interview, like I prefer to do interviews in person and the whole start of the virus, I was like, bro, like, I just, I, I hate doing interviews over the computer. I want to do them all in person type shit. And then I kind of warmed up to the idea of it. And now even after the virus is over, this is still a good way for me to, to reach people. You know, good way to do some interviews. like. I started doing IG live interviews because of the virus. Like I started doing some interviews on IG live and now it's like a little series that I've been doing once a week. Right. A yeah. So it's on not, there. It's, so, it's introduced a lot of new beneficial tools kind of, kind of like that we never, that we weren't really using before because we weren't just, you weren't considering them, you know? Yeah. And there's like, there's a series that's been going around, uh, DJ Isud, who's two chains, DJ, um, mm. mad cool dude. He's been throwing parking lot concerts because oh. venues down here can have like major, major outdoor venues are allowed 10% capacity. So he's been and obviously they're going to do it for fucking cheap because what else? How else are they going to make money right now? Yeah, they're just doing it for fun. Yeah, he, he's got uh, he just had Gucci Mane headline one. Um, the parking lot. Yeah, the parking lot concert series he's been doing. And I'm like, that's something mad innovative, bro. The cars will pull up. You know what I mean? Like. In, in the parking spaces and shit, so they're distanced and people got face masks on and shit. And then the stage is up and you got, they got a big projector so you can see. Oh, the they're stage. coming apart. Yeah. Uh, and they got food trucks and shit. Like, oh, that's, that's dope that's, as fuck. That's an experience right there. L- listen, that's something that I myself might fucking look into a way if there's some, some obviously not, well, maybe not me because. It, not everyone's gonna fucking pull up in a fucking whip to some, but like that idea in itself is 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 really good. Like when when we're in this fucking time where we can't do shit, at least there's somebody tr- out there finessing their way into making shit work for them. Like yeah, if I, if I can have a parking lot show, believe me, I would. Hope you know maybe there's some way to set set that up. I don't know how realistic that is, but that's a really good plan. And in general, I mean. Yeah, man, this Corona shit has just forced everybody to work differently. Like you said, it gave people, it gave me, it gave people a chance to work on their music, gave people a chance to think about things. But uh, it's just very limiting, obviously, and it's uh, yeah. it's concerning, you know. It's concerning how 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 long is this gonna last? You know, how long are we gonna be in this fucking this same loop? But Bruh. we'll see. When this shit started. I was talking to my boy, and I'm like, man, it'll be like two weeks. We'll just, you know what I mean? This shit will be over a couple weeks. And then I'm like, oh, shit. It kept going. <laughs> and God, I'm like, y'all was wrong as fuck. I wasn't even just a little bit wrong. I was wrong as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. this shit ain't stopping until, like, 2022, bro. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's just one of those things where uh, 
what are you gonna say you know what are you gonna yeah, do yeah. What, what can we do you know fucking so destroyer is by the time this interview drops it's out now yeah. um so what's your favorite go song that. of the project go get that yeah go get that go download that go listen to that um i'm excited as fuck to hear it well i've already pretend like i've already heard it <laughs> um it's a great project i fucking loved it what's your what's your favorite song off the off the shit uh i got like a top i got like i guess like a top three or top four um honestly i think my favorite favorite like the top track i think i like the most on the project is either going to be the title track which is destroyer whoops sorry the title track which is destroyer i think or let me just give you a top three let me just give you a top three my top three off destroyer is going to be speedy there's a song called speedy here's johnny and uh a song called paranoia and then i guess you could add in the running the title the title track destroyer but um yeah speedy banger prod zcr that i have a really good feeling about speedy here's johnny banger uh i don't remember who produced that i'm not sure if it was phony shout out i don't know i don't know who produced here's johnny but shout out you and paranoia too is another crazy ass song i uh I'm telling you, those are my favorite songs off the project. I think those songs are going to do extremely well. Speedy, Here's Johnny, and Paranoia, bangers. Crazy-ass songs, I'm telling you. Yeah, man, you guys got to go get that. Go download that. Save it. Fucking share it. Screenshot that shit. Put it on your story. All that stuff, man. Fucking. That that shit is out right now. Fucking. Um, but yeah, man, real shit. I'm excited to hear it when it drops. That's probably gonna be one of the first things I'm doing that day. What's your beat selection like? I've noticed a lot of your instrumentals. One thing I like about them is they're so like it's almost like they're driven by the 808. It like a lot of your instrumentals like yep. the 808s are kind of they're very unique. They're almost a centerpiece of the beat and they're very unique. So what do you look for? For me, I definitely you're right about that. I definitely the 808s tend to be kind of the center of the of the beat for me because. I like to, I like to, at least personally, for the most part, I mean, I, I get on a lot of different types of beats. You're going to notice that on Destroyer. Oh, yeah. For the most part, I like beats that provide me, like, enough space to, 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 to do what I do, which is, like, where I feel like I shine the best is when I'm, when I'm doing exactly, when I'm, when I'm going bar for bar with myself, when I'm rapping, when I'm spitting on some, like, on some, when I'm just having fun, when I'm flowing, I, it's, like, I almost like part of my style is almost like my my voice is the main instrument and kind of like I'm taking the track the places that it's going whereas the, and the track is more so like a back uh background for me to just have 
you give me a space to exist in. I, I need, like, I usually get on shit, like I said, that's very spacious because it allows my vocal to fucking shine. You get me? It allows me to do, like, where I feel like I carry the songs the most is when, when my verse is the, the main uh, instrument. Yeah, the main instrument of the song, basically. I feel like that's what I like to do. Like, I like to, you, yeah, I guess I like to use that. That's the best point. To, that's the best way to put it. Like my my voice is like the main instrument, so it beats with enough space where I can like still be able to wrap my ass off and still be able to like uh, be kind of like the main sound. I feel like those are my bread and butter type shit. Like I'll give you a good example, like a tech deck. Like if you've heard tech deck off Destroyer, that's a perfect example. Even off of Destroyer, another example. There's another song. There's a song called Odd. On destroyer that's very much like that um deadpool like deadpool is a good example just beats that are pretty open not too much shit going on in them like you'll notice a lot of my beats don't have a lot of noises going on they don't have overly complex shit going on it's pretty straightforward like a, a cool 808 cool rhythm cool bounce and that's how i feel like that's what i like doing the most that's what i like getting on the most and that's also where i feel like i work best I feel like a lot of producers try to overproduce, try to overproduce, and they try because they try to impress other producers. You know what I mean? Or, or they're not taking into consideration that this much noise is too messy. It's too messy for for a person to get on this, and 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 you still be able to focus entirely on what they're saying. Like it depends. It can work for certain styles and shit, but for the most part, yeah, a lot of people. A lot of producers sometimes overproduce their shit to the point where it's like, you don't need to overproduce. You need to set up a good vibe with enough space. It's supposed to sound empty. Yeah. Sound a little, I mean, if you're making beats for like beats to chill to on YouTube and nobody's going to rap on them or some shit, then maybe you can fill them up with some, some space. But even then, if you're some, if, if, if you're a producer and you want a rapper on your beat, there needs to be a space where you can, almost imagine already they exist right here there's a space where a voice can fit here even my voice can fit here anybody's voice can fit here you get what i'm saying and a lot of producers i think struggle with that because they're just unaware of the process of writing like music like the lyric side of it that you know they, they know how to produce the beats and shit but they don't know how to write bars they don't know how to they don't they, so when it comes to that i i i feel sometimes people get a little bit disorganized overproduced and like maybe can get a little messy. Um, I'm very picky about my beats. A lot of people say, oh, you get on really simple shit. Yeah, but sometimes the simple shit works exactly for what it needs to do. It just sets up the vibe. And maybe I want that simple shit because I'm the one that's going to do all the all the complicated shit. Get what I'm yeah. saying? I'm the no, one that's I feel you. crazy. And do that. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of producers take this as a, as a tip. The place, the songs... The biggest songs, the biggest hits are, are usually songs where the vocalist has space to shine. The vocalist has space to do their thing. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the best way to put it. If you don't, you, don't, you don't leave enough space in the beat, you, you, over, you overwork things, you, over, you, put too much, you put too much fucking, too many sounds in it, it gets messy. And, and that's just... I'm telling you, think about the biggest songs. They're not overproduced. 
they're not overproduced. Like they got they got the melody, they got their drums, they got their direction, they got their vibe, and then they got a singer on it, care like carrying the the main direction of the song, and that's it. It just is really a vibe a vibe setter, and uh, yeah, that's what I think works best. Of course, everybody makes shit how they want to. You know, if that's a part of your aesthetic, you love making shit that just sounds crazy with a bunch of noise. Do you, of course, but. If you want to have rappers on your shit or if you want to have people, vocalists on your stuff, it's best to give them space. I'm telling you, that is the best shit. It's, 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 for me, it feels the best. And I've heard too, for the most part, a lot of really, a lot of big songs, that's how they're written. You know, they're written, not overproduced. Not facts. Kind of facts. To the point. I've always thought like, I always said to other producers to try to make like the most unique sounding thing that you can with like two to three sounds. Like I'm talking like minus the drums and stuff like that. Like that's a good challenge. Maybe like two, two sounds max that aren't aren't the 808, the snare, the hat, um, and some percussion and shit like that. And like just try to make the most because I feel like that's like the best beat. So the best beats are like that. Like my fav- one of my favorite beats ever is Shook One's Part Two since we were talking about a lot of old school. Old school hip hop, by fucking by Mob Deep, shook ones part two. I genuinely, it's probably a little biased thing, but I feel like that beats like the cornerstone of like hip hop production. Like, yeah. but you got like the guitar riff in there, and then there's like the the organ, and that's really that ain't really much more than that. But it has such a powerful vibe because they were able to they were able to achieve a sound that just they were able to achieve that vibe that sound that just came out so fucking dope. And like what I'm saying is like. That, that speaks on that point exactly. You don't need too, too much going on. I mean, I know now more than ever, music tends to be a little bit overproduced, but it doesn't need to be like shit or sorry. It can be on both sides. Sometimes it can it be is. overproduced or it can be really underproduced. But my point is for the most part, sometimes it can be a little overproduced, especially in like, especially like on the more kind of like uh, experimental genres, but the best thing is always to give, you got to remember, like, if you're making shit for people, that person needs to find, they need to hear a space where they exist on that beat. That's the best tip that I could give out to every producer, any producer that's ever want to work with me. Make a beat where you could literally hear this, you can hear the space where I would start rapping on. You can hear, like, you know what I'm saying? That's what you, that's what makes a good beat. Shook Ones is a perfect example. Very, very minimal very simple but it works and does exactly what it needs to do and gives a vibe and you can do a lot of different shit on it although it's although it's pretty straightforward and simple because of that because it allows you it, it's yeah. so spacious it's so straightforward and simple but like the the two main sounds they really use in there are so like they sit they really make a statement you know what i mean those sounds are so yeah. bold and so like so strong exactly so yeah. strong and so unique and that's why they stand out to people that's why i always tell like i say and tell these producers like use the like two to three most like make some crazy shit with those two or three sounds like yeah, a millie sounds- by Lil wayne a millie by Lil wayne is my oh, yeah. favorite beats too and yeah, fucking it's- sounds stand out on their own they hold their own that's mm-hmm. how unique they are yeah like, and, like millie, no yeah. one will- Forget the Amelie sample. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Yeah. And all it is is like it's two eight bar loops. Like it's one with like an eight bar loop with like the eight oh eight heavy, and then the second eight bar loop is like the same sample and then the snare breakdown for like eight bars. It's iconic. That, it is so simple. Iconic. That's what I'm saying. Because it, 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 it's it's not too much. It's just 
it's it, it, it it's a part of the beat obviously but it's not too much that's it it's in there and it's just fucking like they don't they don't throw a hundred other noises in there yeah so the vocal sample you got your fucking you got your snares you got your fucking drums and and you got your melody and that's it it's right it's it's straightforward you know you got your hat once in a while or whatever that's it but anyways um yeah man I don't know the fucking bug when I'm here right now. Yeah, man. I really that's how I like that's how I like my shit. Spacious. That's how I feel like I shine. In general. This in general though, this project, like I've filled a lot of the empty space with things. So it's gonna be a little bit more full than I guess most of my other stuff. Word. Well, shit, like I said, I'm excited to hear right. it, bro. That's yeah, 100% excited to hear it. You said Friday is going? Oh, uh, by now, people watching this already out, but for me wondering. Friday, Friday, it'll be out on SoundCloud and YouTube, most likely uh, those those platforms. I'm sure and, those platforms. SoundCloud, Friday, it'll be out on Friday yeah. on YouTube, but... um. Then the 25th is when it'll drop on Spotify and the other platforms. Uh, maybe not every platform immediately, but for the most part, most of the platforms. And then um, Spotify for sure, which is the main one. Uh, Apple Music, that type of shit. Apple Music and Spotify, it'll definitely be uh, ready by the 25th. But then probably like give it another 20 weeks. Sorry, 20 weeks. Two weeks and it'll be ready. It'll be available on all streaming platforms. So by the 25th, you would have heard it for sure. You would you would have had a way to hear to hear it. But yeah, Friday the twenty third is when it's gonna, it's when I'm dropping it early essentially, just to uh, help facilitate help facilitate the promotion of the project. I didn't want to drop it all on a Sunday, shit like that, and kind of at the same time give the fans like a, a kind of a surprise, like oh shit, it dropped two days early, you know? Yeah. No, I feel you. What producers are you work with heavy? Like right now, we all you still working with like Dutchman? Yeah, Dutchman. Okay, yeah, of course. Um, I'm still working with Dutchman. Uh, Dutchman doesn't really have, I, I don't think he has any production on Destroyer. But um, of course, I'm still working with Dutchman. Um, the producers on Destroyer, though, for the most part, are um. Let me just give my shoutouts now. Uh, Eli Three Eyes, uh, Fitty, Prod Fitty, Phony Wallace. Uh, Wallace. We got uh, Thieving and Outlaw. We got uh, who else we got on there? Mikael. Who else we got on there? We got a lot of production on there from a lot of different people. Oh, we got uh, ZCR. We got Hounds. So we got a lot of different production from different people on there. Um, Spyro. It's, it's, it's a great project, man. I'm really, really, really excited. If you haven't heard that shit, I don't even care where we're at. Pause the interview. Go hear it now. Now. Go listen now and then finish this interview. Destroyer is my best body of work thus far, hands down. Hardest shit I've put out. And and y'all are going to see. I'm extremely excited. Um, Yeah, man. And I'm just happy. Honestly, I'm just happy to be fucking, just, just be done with it and put it out and kind of move on. And, and yeah, man, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. I'm excited for the future. I'm really excited for next year. And Destroyer is snapping next. I really feel like this is going to be that project that helps put my foot in the door in terms of like global, a little bit more recognition globally. That's what's up, bro. 
Yeah, that's what's up. I'm mad excited to hear it. Mad excited fucking to see where it brings you and stuff like that. Before I get into um, what I want to go to next, I want to give a huge shout out. Because uh, you said his name. I want to give a huge shout out to Phony Wallace, bro. Like one producer I found out probably oh. earlier this year who has just been putting in the work. I know I first noticed him when he started working with Christ Dillinger. Then he got some shit in with a little darky and then he kept moving and moving. Now he's got some shit in with you. So oh, it's like, I'm mad. I'm mad happy for the, for the dude. I'm going to cut this interview clip out and tag him on Instagram. Give him a little, give him a little shout out, bro. But fucking shout out to all those producers though. I only said phony because I have noticed him. You know what I mean? But, um, everybody, of course, but shout out to all those producers, man. Fuck it. Um, where do you want to go after this? Like, what are your plans for the future after you drop in Destroyer? Honestly, man, I'm very much so in the present right now. I mean, I'm thinking about the future in terms of like, once I'm done with Destroyer, I'm already I'm already working on two like other projects, um, that I'm gonna put you know most of my attention on one on one or both of those. Once I'm now once Destroyer is out, that's what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna take a short tiny break and then get back into that. But honestly, I'm very much just in the present. I don't have too many far future plans right now. Of course, I want to get back into setting up a, you know, a tour, a world, uh, sorry, a, 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 a countrywide tour. Of course, I want to get back to setting up a, 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 setting up to setting up, you know, to getting back into business. But for the most part, I'm very so focused on. I'm very much focused on the present. Once Destroyer's out, I got these other two projects to work on. I'm gonna be back. In, I'm gonna be back on the grind. So I'm resting up now. Once I'm back on that grind. I'm going to just be on that and kind of, I let the day, I kind of let, I'm going to let the chips fall where they may and I'm going to let time kind of time tell itself. Cause right now it's very, it's too chaotic to see into the future. Like my plans are just keep doing what I'm doing today, which is working, be present, keep making better shit. Keep trying to keep working. Just keep on keeping on, keep grinding. That's the only thing I can do. And my plans for the future, of course, you know, I'm trying to be the, I'm trying to be bigger than this. I'm trying to be better than this. I'm trying to work on a, on a, you know, on, on maybe a self-titled project, maybe the fuck it project, you know, I'm trying to work on my biggest shit, you know, the next thing, but no plans right now, no official plans. I'm just very much so focused on putting out destroyer, spending all my time, uh, attending to that. And then getting on to my new projects uh, that I'm working on with two producers, two different producers uh, that are going to executive produce the projects. And um, yeah, I'm going to put all my focus on that. And once that's done, then we'll see where, where we go from there. But yeah, no no future plans, to, no, not too many future plans, just I'm, constant grind constant grind that's all i that's all i'm thinking about just keep working yeah man no, not too many people uh can focus on the now as much as they do either shit that happened in the past or shit that they feel like they haven't accomplished yet or want to accomplish like too many people are like i'm gonna do a b and c i'm like all right well can you do uh one two and three before you hit you know a b and c right, right, you feel right, right. me yeah so no it's it's one of those things where and it's it's under it's underappreciated. It's hard for not underappreciated, but people don't realize the only time we have is now the past. That shit don't exist no more. It already passed. You understand? That's why they yeah. call it that. That time never existed except for in the present. 
the only time, the only reason that time existed is because you were present in that time. That's why they call it the past. That shit doesn't exist. Neither does the future. You want to know what the how the future exists? When we get if there. If I make it, if I make it to whatever the next present is, you get what I'm saying. If I make it to tomorrow, that's the, our idea of the future. But there is no future. There is no fucking past. That concept is not real. Just like time is not real. The only real time there is, the only place there is, is now, the present. The past doesn't exist. It already happened. It's gone. It doesn't exist. The future didn't already happen. The only way you create a future is by continuing your present. If that, you get me? Once that cuts off, point is, that shit doesn't exist. The most important thing to, the most important thing to focus on is now. If you're not focusing on now, trust me, you're not going to know what the fuck is going on when you get to the future. You're going to be like, holy fuck, I thought, forget about future and past. Y'all need to be aware. Y'all need to be present. I'm telling you, that is the most important shit. Now is the time. Yesterday and tomorrow, it's not here yet. This is the only time. Learn that. Because I promise you it's real. I know I sound burnt. I know I sound crazy right now. I That's promise you it's advice, real. Though. That's good life advice, though. It goes beyond music. That's for everything. And it's like, I don't know, a lot of people, I think, get stuck in the, the past and the present. I mean, not, not the present, my bad. The past and even stuck in the future, per se, because they're thinking about it too much because, fuck it, they're just probably just not happy where they at. In, where they're at in the present you know what i mean so i get what you're saying like focus on the present make yourself happy at this moment stop tripping on the past because like you said it's the past future ain't even happened yet so and like you were saying before once you get to that future you're not going to be happy if you can't figure out how to make that happen present. now that's what so. i'm saying and that now like i said just again that's the only time that exists i know we like to a lot of us like to fixate on our past and and how things were different in the past and or how our past were bad or our past were good. You need to think about now. Forget all the other time. Forget forget past and, and future. Like I plan shit for the future, of course, but the most I, I'm now the most present that I've been probably in my entire life. And now I try to live everything for years. It's been for a couple of years. It's been at least, but I try to live day to day straight up day to day because today is one day tomorrow is completely different anything can happen and i don't know you get me anything could change i have no control over that all i can control is me is me that's it all i can control is me so i don't plan too much for the future i don't think about that time like that of course of course i have ideas about it but the most important thing to focus on is being aware and present in yourself that is going to bring you a lot of clarity and bring you a sense of like you're you're fucking here you get me you're not still you're not still over there uh two years ago and you're not over you're not in the future trying to think about oh what's gonna how am i gonna get you know when how am i gonna get to this spot in the next one year or the next two years or whatever you get me i'm telling you that's the way you got to focus on now that's the only way to get there
You're focusing on now. I know it is now. It's gotten mad dark where you're at compared to yeah. when we just started. <laughs> We've been talking for a grip, bro. We probably got an hour, 45 minutes or so of interview time. I looked at the first part. It was an hour, 20 minutes. I was like, well, God damn, we talked for a long fucking time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, fucking, you got anything else you want to add before we go ahead and wrap this up? So let me make a couple quick shout outs. Shout out to Sabino. Shout out Brando. Shout out Isaac, shout out Gilly, shout out Cookie, shout out uh, shout out Andy, shout out Kevin, shout out Robert, shout out Sergio, shout out everybody, shout out Midnight, shout out my niggas. You can see it's raining in the background, so let me get the fuck inside before I get destroyed by the rain. But hey, shout out everybody, shout out every fucking person that worked on Destroyer, including Eli, S1 Ninja, uh, Fitty, Wallace, fucking. Uh, everybody, man. If I miss you, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Oh, Hounds. Hounds. Oh, shout, shout out to Hounds, too, man. Hey, shout out Coach Classic. Shout out Bobby. Hey, shout thank out you, everybody. bro. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And listen, Ghoststream Destroyer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to everybody. I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all. Thank you for being in my corner. We're going to kill this shit. I'm telling you. We not fucking stopping. I'm here to fucking stay. I'm here to stay. You're going to have to take the fucking crown for me because I promise you I'm going to become the king of this shit. I don't give a fuck who likes me or not. You're going to fucking see it. I'm telling you. Fuck I love it. the energy. I fucking love the energy. I love the energy of this whole interview, bro. This whole interview has just been good energy. It's been hype energy. It's been yeah. motivate. It's been real motivating. And it's been good vibes all around, bro. Appreciate Thanks, bro. you. I appreciate um, and I appreciate everybody watching too, bro, because like this channel has been going nuts it's been a year and a half now from zero to subscribers we're about to hit three thousand probably night so appreciate you guys everybody tuning in and i'm just happy you get to do this shit bro like i got to talk to you now i fucking talk to kami fucking bambi gizmo tokyo bro i talk to so many artists who i'm just like fans of so it's like real good for my position bro thank you for allowing me to do this it knows no, you're still bro. watching Go follow us at KULT Classic Official on Instagram. Hit us on Twitter at KULT uh, Classic OFF because they won't let us put the issue. And then go follow us on TikTok at KULT Classic Official. And then KULTClassicOfficial.com. Go get yourself some merch. We got T-shirts and hats up there. All go supports the brands. Allow us to keep doing cool shit like interviewing Fuck It. Go check out Plague Boulevard. I noticed Darky promoting them, and I just seen you on with the shit. Oh, goddamn. You feel me? Shout out, Plague. God damn. Well, Plague on my body. Think I'm getting sick. This has been Call Classic Interview 35. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. We'll correct it. We'll put a little, like, thing and we'll say, like, whatever number it actually is. But, um, yeah, this has been Call Classic Interview number 35. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. Peace.